Have you ever been frustrated because you are just praying to the Lord for a baby to become a mom through this waiting season and he just keeps saying no? I know my prayer life can get really stale when I feel like the Lord is not moving or I feel like the door keeps getting shut in my face or I convince myself of the lie that he is not listening to me. So today we're going to tackle this question of how to shift our prayer in a way that aligns with our heart of trusting God. That's really our calling as his children is trusting him, trust his plan, trust what he has for us. We're going to dive into how we can shift our prayer life and four reasons why we can truly trust God as we show up and pray consistently for the very thing that we're waiting for. So let's dive in. Hey friends, welcome to the Waiting Well podcast. I am your host, Courtney Dunker, and you are here because your journey to motherhood has not looked the way that you always imagined. It has held heartbreak, loneliness, and questions like, why me, God? I'm here to remind you that you do not have to walk this road alone. And here we can wait well together. Each week, I will share faith-based encouragement from my own infertility journey, provide information from guest experts on navigating infertility and conceiving, powerful testimonies, and top tips on stewarding your health and emotional well-being through this demanding journey. So if you are ready to take back control of your life, find peace with God, join the in-between spaces, and thrive in your waiting season, then meet me at the well, girl. Grab that warm chocolate chip cookie, a little bit of unicorn juice or iced coffee. We've got some intentional growth to do. Let's get it. So I was having my quiet time the other day and I had this conviction in my heart around this idea of needs and needs that we're praying for. So a lot of times in my prayer life, I'll come to the Lord and I'll be like, God, this is what I need. I'm asking you for this thing. Like for example, when we were trying to conceive, it was just like this repetitive prayer of asking for God to move and bless us with a baby. That was my consistent prayer. But I felt like when I would come to God in prayer, I was praying for a need. I genuinely felt like I needed to become a mom. I had this dream, I had this desire, and it was a good thing. So in my head, like it was labeled as a need. And I can do the same thing in my finances or in our finances, I should say. I will come to the Lord and be like, okay, Lord, this is what we need for our family. This is what we need in terms of provision. Like, can you bless this? Can you make a way? Can you increase this? And there's nothing wrong. Let me be very clear. There's nothing wrong with coming to the Lord in prayer for provision. There's nothing wrong in coming to the Lord for prayer for increase, but we really do have to take a step back and ask ourselves, am I praying from a place of truly understanding who knows my needs best? Or am I coming to God with a little bit of an ego, a little bit of pride and arrogance in understanding what my needs are? Am I coming to him saying, Lord, I know what's best. Here is what's best. Here's the plan. Please just bless my plan and make a way for my plan and make it easy for me? Or am I coming humbly in trust and being like, Lord, you know what is best for me. You know what our family needs. You know what I need. So I surrender. I trust that. But God, I'm praying for this need. I am praying for provision. Please provide. There is a completely different attitude and approach in the two different prayers. And so I want to just dive into that a little bit further and kind of dig into some scripture on how we can align our 
hearts to truly have a posture of surrender and trust with the Lord instead of waiting on on results to come before we can trust something. Like I see that so often in my business, a new partner will come in and they'll be like, okay, I'm so excited to smash this and have incredible results and create the finances that you've created, Courtney. And then I will give them a game plan and a strategy to get started in their journey. Or maybe like the first person they talk to will be not someone that wants to sign up and they get discouraged immediately. But we can't wait for results to happen for us to put our trust into something. Trust comes first before the results. And that's true in my business as much as it is in our relationship with the Lord. Like God has asked us first and foremost, do you love me? Do you trust me? Are you going to walk with me in blind faith? And if we're sitting there and saying, actually, Lord, like you need to fill out my little tracker sheet here and you need to answer these questions appropriately. Yes and no, according to what I think I need. And if you don't do that, I can't trust you. If you can't give me the results that I'm looking for in my life, I cannot trust you. I cannot say you're good. And that's so backwards. So let's reframe this. Let's go to our prayer life and make adjustments in how we come before the Lord, because there is nothing wrong with asking the Lord repeatedly for a baby, for him to make you a mother, to bless your womb. But there is a difference in our heart posture and how we go before him. And I do believe that the difference in our heart posture is what's going to allow him to lay his hand of blessing and lay his hand of healing on our lives, on our wombs, and open up the door for him to give us a baby. And so let's dive into that a little bit. We kind of described the difference in prayer. The difference in prayer is one, you could either come before the Lord and say, this is what you need. You already have an understanding of what your needs are and you have an ego and a little bit of arrogance and pride and understanding that and saying, Lord, these are my needs. I need you to fill it. So you're treating God more as a genie than you are as creator, as your good father. And you're operating from a place of a prioritizing self over knowing God. So like you trust your character more than you trust God and you feel like you're the best and you know the best over God. And I know that's really hard to hear at the beginning because in our heads, we'll convince ourselves that's not true, but our words and our actions are reflecting that. That's what we have to recognize. Like if we come to the Lord and we say, this is what I need, but we're not in humble submission to what he actually might tell us we need, then yes, there is an issue of pride and arrogance and ego that's involved there. The opposite of that would be coming before the Lord in complete surrender and trust and asking for the exact same thing. The ask is not different. The ask is the exact same thing. You're asking for a baby or you're asking for whatever you're in the waiting season for. But the difference is you're coming before the Lord and you one, acknowledge verbally in your prayer, God, I know that you know what I need. I think I know what I need. I think I need X, Y, and Z. I think I need these finances. I think I need this job. I think I need this baby or this spouse. But you know, you know me. I trust that you know me as my creator, right? We're affirming God's character. We're affirming who God is to ourselves, to our hurting heart. And we're saying, okay, I know that you know me. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I know that you know my needs financially, physically, emotionally, spiritually. You know what I need most. Lord, I'm humbly asking you for this. I trust your timing. I trust that you are good. And I trust that if this is something I need in my life, you will make a way for it. And I also trust that if it's not something that I actually need in my life, trust that you will 
help heal my heart or transform my heart to your will, to understanding, to peace with your will. Asking these things in Jesus' name. There's a difference in the heart posture between those two prayers. And so I want to dive in when we go with this prayer of humble, surrender, and trust. It comes from a firm foundation. That doesn't just, it's not something we can convince ourselves of. Trust in a relationship, intimate relationship with the Lord, like truly knowing he has your back, truly knowing that he's good and you can trust his character. It comes from a firm foundation that's a built-in relationship with him. So I'm going to give you four truths that we can stand on to help our heart and mind align with that type of prayer life where we are asking things in boldness while simultaneously being in full surrender. So the first is he knows better than we do. For someone who thinks she knows everything at times and is definitely like very discerning oriented and just like kind of control oriented, I feel like I have a good handle in my eyes. I'm like, Lord, I know what I need. Okay. That's generally who I am, but it's very clear in scripture that God knows what we actually need and he knows better than we do. So let's dig into Isaiah 55, eight through nine. It says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. And I just think about that passage frequently because God is very clear that his plan, his thoughts, his ways is different than mine. And so even though my human nature tells me that I know what's best for me, because in my current like everyday tangible experience, nobody on this earth knows better than I do for myself. I know myself the best. But in a relationship with God, we have to remember that he knit us together in our mother's womb. Because he created us, we can have a reverence and an understanding that he knows better than we do. If you make something, you know how it operates. You create a plane, you're going to know how that plane flies. You're going to know how it takes off, how it lands. You're going to know what it needs to sustain itself. God is the same way. He's like, I have literally created you. I know better than you what you need. I know better than you the big picture. I know what's coming next. I know what season of life you're in. I know what provision and what your needs actually are in this season. So every time that we struggle with that surrender in prayer, we can come back to this passage and say, Lord, even praying this, I know that my thoughts are not your thoughts, God. I know that my ways are not your ways, God. I know that you have created the heavens that are higher than the earth. I know that I can trust that you know better than I do. So I surrender my plans. I would love for you to answer this prayer of mine, God. I would love to see you move in this area of my life, but I know that you know better than me. That prayer alone is so powerful. And then if we dig into Isaiah 46, 10, in 46, 10, it shows us that God knew the beginning from the end. So it says, I make known the end from the beginning, from ancient times, what is still to come. I said, my purpose will stand and I will do all that I please. So as we like lean into God knowing better than we do, we have to have that perspective that God was there at the beginning and he was there at the end. He currently knows the end result of all of life, not just our individual life. And he also was there in ancient times when the when the beginning first started, when he created the world. And his purpose, he has a purpose. He's not just flying blind. He's not just like throwing spaghetti at the wall and being like, well, maybe this will stick for this person's life. He knows his end purpose from the very beginning. And we can truly trust that he knew the end from the beginning. When we were born, he knew what would hold in our days over the course of our days. He knew that we would 
be in this position in this waiting season today. So we can trust that he knows better than us and his ways are better than our ways. So praying these scriptures through in a heart of surrender is going to help you make that pivot where you truly are fully surrender into God's plan for your life. The second thing is truly believing that all things are possible. If we pull up Mark 9, 14 through 29, Jesus is actually healing a boy possessed by an impure spirit. And it's just, Jesus is kind of sassy. If we open this part up, um, we see Jesus asked the boy's father, how long has he been like this? And the father goes from childhood. It has often thrown him into fire or water to kill him. But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. Jesus's response is the best. He puts in parentheses, if you can, question mark, says Jesus. Everything is possible for one who believes. Immediately, the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. When Jesus saw the crowd was running, he rebuked the impure spirit. You deaf and mute spirit, I command you come out of him and enter and never enter him again. The spirit tree convulsed him violently and came out. The boy looked so much like a corpse and many thought he was dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him to his feet and he stood up. Oh man, I just love how Jesus responded to the father like, if I can. What do you mean if I can? Of course I can. I'm Jesus. Like, hello. Do you even know who you're talking about? But the difference in that is he he took a moment before healing physically. He took a moment to heal spiritually. And he told the father, like, if I can, all things are possible for those who believe. Instantly, the father said, I believe. Help me in my unbelief. And I see in this scripture that number one, all things are possible. Like Jesus was healing left and right. That power is still present in us today that Jesus is, he's given us his Holy Spirit. Everything that Jesus did, all of the healing, all of the miracles, like we still have access to that today through God, through his Holy Spirit. And so if we're sitting here and we're like, okay, well, yeah, that was nice. All these people got healed back in Jesus' day, but like I'm sitting waiting for my healing, waiting for my miracle today, then we're not trusting that all things are possible now, that Jesus and God and the Holy Spirit, they're all three in one. And we still have access to the very same healing that Jesus did when he was walking on this earth. And so I think that question still stands. God is still asking us if I can. We come to him in prayer like, Lord, please do this. But we are lacking belief that he can because we feel like we're we're building our belief on our circumstances of the past. Our circumstances of the past told me for seven years I would never get pregnant. I hadn't gotten pregnant up until that point. So I was building, building, building a lack of faith because of my history and my present. Whereas God was saying, I want you to look to the future. And I also want you to look to the past in the sense of what I have done in the past. That's why I gave you my word, God's word right here. We could see in God's word that he's saying all things are possible. Jesus literally says that to the to the father who was struggling to believe that his son could be healed. That's the same situation that a lot of us are sitting in today. We're sitting there with God and he's like, what do you mean if I can heal you? What do you mean if I can give you a baby? I can. I'm the creator of life. I tell life where to go. I tell when to go. I could give you a baby, but all things are possible for those who believe. Do you believe? Like, do you believe me? Do you believe I can do that? And so we have to dig into that and maybe we reach out just like this father did and we go, Lord, I do believe help me overcome my unbelief. And that becomes our new prayer. If I'm going to have a heart posture of trust, then I have to pray through and surrender my unbelief because there is a spirit of unbelief in me that says my past has shown me and given me results that tell me I can't get pregnant or whatever, right? Whatever we're going through. So it's our responsibility to go to the Lord and say, I do have some unbelief because I've spent six years praying for this very thing. 
thing and you haven't moved yet. So help me overcome my unbelief. I do believe that you can command and my womb can give life. That leads into the third thing is that God is worthy of our trust. So one of the things about trust is relying on some kind of results. And what we build our trust on is what Jesus has done for us on the cross. John 3, 16. For God has given his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall never perish but have eternal life. We have to build our trust and comes from what he has done to give up his one and only son in our place to receive all of his wrath on him so that we don't have to experience that. We deserved it. We deserve the wrath for our sin. And yet God has chosen to take that upon himself through his son, Jesus Christ on the cross and has already dealt with that. So our trust, the worthiness of God being trustworthy, it comes from that simple verse, what he has done for us. And then if we look in 1 John 3, 1 through 3, it says, see what great love the father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Dear friends, now that we are children of God and what we will be has not yet been made known, we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like him for we shall see him as he is. All who have this hope in him purify themselves just as he is pure. The reason for sharing that verse is that he's worthy of our trust because it's about the process of becoming more and more like him. That is what his love is for us. And that includes pain and heartache in these ups and downs of this journey. It's not about the end destination of like, I just want to get there and have the baby. I just want to get there and get to the end result, have my prayer be answered and we'll call it good. It is about God is more concerned about who we are becoming, how we are transforming the refinement of our spirit. And that will include these circumstances that are not our favorite, that are really at times painful and heartbreaking because God is currently in the refinement process. The reason that we are in a refinement process is because we are his children. We are following him. So what Christ has gone through, we should expect to go through ourselves. We shall be like him for we shall see him as he is. That is the purification process. So we can trust him because we know that his bigger purpose, his bigger mission than just our happiness than just our comfort comes down to becoming more like him, being refined by the fire. And the fourth thing is he knows what he is doing. And I want to pull up this verse that my husband actually showed me in church yesterday, um, Revelation 13, 8. It says, and all who dwell on earth will worship it. Everyone whose name has not been written before the foundation of the world in the book of life of the lamb who was slain. So this shows us that the whole plan from creation, from day one of God's story that he shares with us in his word is that there was a plan before the foundation of the world that there would be a lamb that was slain and that there would be people, us, whose name would be written in the book of life. That was before the beginning of the earth, before the beginning of the world. So our understanding that God knows what he's doing, like he's had this big picture the whole time. Our tiny lives are a part of that big picture, but it's not the picture. The picture is redemption story, the gospel story that's taking place, his love for us that we should come to know him, experience him, and be with him one day in glory. That's the big picture. So we can trust that he knows what he's doing even in our tiny, minute lives when we're asking him for something so beautiful as a child. We know that he has a plan. He had this plan before the beginning of the foundation of the world. He knew that Jesus would come one day and that he would be slain and that he would redeem humanity. He knew that humanity would choose sin 
when they were in the garden. He knew this. He knew this. He's not surprised by it. He's not like, oh shoot, my plan went awry. He knew this. We can trust that he knows what he's doing in our individual lives. We can trust that he is a good, good father. And that actually leads us to Matthew 7, where it says, what man among you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father in heaven give good things to those who ask? Jesus's point is that God knows what he's doing. And I think that's the key, right? It's like when we come to the Lord, we feel like we know the difference between a fish and a snake. We're like, God, I want the fish. This is the fish. And God is like, it may look like a fish. It may smell like a fish and it may act like a fish, but that's not a fish child. That's a snake. And I want to give you a fish. And I'm not saying a baby is a snake. (laughs) Okay. Sometimes things get twisted. The analogy, the point is whatever we're waiting on. Sometimes we have this impression that is our very, it's going to meet our very needs, aka the fish. But when it comes to God's for our life, he sees the whole picture. He is trustworthy. He knows better than we do. All things are possible with him and he wants to give us the fish. But his plan is to show us what is the fish. It's not just to give us whatever we ask for. It's to actually help us recognize and trust and surrender that he actually knows the difference between a fish and a snake. And I think that's the hardest part about this faith journey is surrendering what we crave so much, whether that's to become a mom or for something different. We truly, truly crave that thing we're praying for, the provision that we're asking for. And it's that hard part of knowing, okay, Lord, I trust that you know the difference between a fish and a snake. I trust that you will not withhold good things for me if it is a part of your plan for my life. I trust that you are trustworthy and that you know what you're doing. So even though I think I know what it is that I need, I'm in surrender to your power, to your knowledge, to your trustworthiness, to your character that I believe in. Help me in my unbelief to know that you would love to give me a fish and that you know what that fish is. So even though I'm asking for this thing that I think is a fish, I ask you, Lord, to bless me with what I actually need. Whatever that fish is, help me see the difference between a fish and a snake. Help me see that I can trust you. Help me experience your provision on a level I've never experienced before. That's the difference right there. So taking time to stop, to humble ourselves and to surrender and make pivots in our prayer life is going to be a huge difference maker in the peace that resides in our heart on this waiting journey. We truly want that peace. We have to come into alignment with God's will for our life. And that means taking a step back, stripping back the pride, stripping back the arrogance that we think we know what we need, that we think we see the difference between a fish and a snake. Like in our minds, the baby's the fish and the snake is waiting. We're like, um, no, 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 no. I do not need the snake. I do not need the waiting season. I need the fish. I need the baby now. God's like, hey, wait a sec. I know the difference between a fish and a snake. And you might think that's the fish, but actually the waiting season right now, that's the fish and that's what I want to give you right now because I see the bigger picture. All things are possible. The story is not finished yet and you can trust me. So today, friend, I invite you to make those small changes in your prayer life, simply going from a position of, God, this is what I need to a position of, Lord, you know what my needs are. Please provide what I do need and help me see the difference between fish and snake. Help me in my unbelief. A prayer of surrender. I am so glad that you chose to meet me at the well today. If this episode inspired you, changed you, or blessed you in some way, I would love for you to do one of two things. First, head to Apple Podcasts at that link below 
and leave a review. And second, screenshot this episode and share it in your stories, tagging me at Sewn With Strength or text it on over to a friend that this episode might bless. These are the number one ways to thank me. I am truly so grateful to be building out this community and I cannot wait to see you on the next episode. Until then, go get a workout done for me and I will see you right back here at the Waiting Well Podcast.